Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Here it is. We finally made it to the end of the year. This will be my first episode in December. I think we should try to maybe talk about some things that might put us into the mood of the season, the Christmas season, the holiday season, whatever you may celebrate. I myself would celebrate Christmas, but I know there's a whole bunch of different holidays out there this time of the year and hopefully whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate that you are doing it with people that you care about and love. That right there of being with the ones that we care about and love, that's probably the biggest theme in what I'm going to talk about tonight. Yes, I'm laughing about it already, and that's mostly because the whole thing is ridiculous, and I can't believe I made it through the entire 1 hour and 37 minutes of it. I think it's time we get into the episode. Starring Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Peter Mayhew, Anthony Daniels, James Earl Jones, B. Arthur, Art Carney, Diane Carroll, Harvey Corman, and a special musical performance by Jefferson Starship. I almost forgot. This is also starring R2-D2 as R2-D2. <laughs> That's right, I'm talking about this one. This is the 1978 Steve Binder and uncredited David Acumba directed the Star Wars Holiday Special. The plot for this one is very, very simple. Han and Chewie are out on a smuggling mission and, well, Chewbacca wants to get home to his family because it just so happens to be Life Day. Life Day is more or less their holiday tradition, I guess, in the Star Wars universe. I do remember the idea of Life Day being somewhat of the butt of jokes, mostly because the Star Wars Holiday Special is the butt of many jokes. And I would have to say that's for good reason. It's mostly terrible. A lot of the special itself doesn't make a whole lot of sense overall. It's very disjointed. It doesn't really feel like we have a firm grasp of what's actually going on. It seems that it went for a more comedic vibe than what the original Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope ever hoped to have in it. I just don't know how George Lucas, he says that he was pressured into doing this. I don't know how he was actually okay with signing off on it. I did a little bit of research on this and I read that George Lucas was apprehensive about the whole thing and didn't want to do it. Harrison Ford didn't want to do it, but somehow everybody agreed to it. I guess just because it was a feeling of obligation to the fans and the surprise hit that was Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. At that time, it was just known as Star Wars. I just don't understand how it actually got made. It's obvious that CBS had to come to an agreement with 20th Century Fox or 20th Century Fox sold it to CBS to be able to air it, whatever, however that works. I don't quite know. It's just, I don't understand how they were sitting around in a writer's room. I know that there was probably lots of drugs going around. That's very apparent when you watch this thing. But who would have thought that, yes, this is the one thing that Star Wars fans and people that enjoyed this movie, this is exactly what they would want. Nothing about the Star Wars Holiday Special feels like it belongs in Star Wars. Yes, you have the usual things. You have Wookiees, you have Chewbacca's family, which we get treated to, I don't know, like 20 minutes of them just having conversations and doing Wookiee things. 
We get no subtitles. It's just... Yes, those are the best Wookiee voices that I can do. I do not do good impressions at all. But my point is, is that we get so much stuff thrown at us in this that doesn't exactly feel like Star Wars. We even get little intercut clips from the movie that they mixed into it, and it stands out like a sore thumb compared to the reshot stuff, which looks extremely cheap and very much a product of TV of that time. I have two ideas on how the Star Wars Holiday Special was actually made. For one, Star Wars was super popular. 20th Century Fox wanted to bank off of it. CBS thought that this was probably a great thing to air because it was so popular. They were looking for a rating smash. Also, variety shows at that time in the 70s were super popular. So, it only made sense that you would want to go and try to combine those two things together. How could you lose? Well, for one, that's two things that shouldn't be paired together. And for another, you should have at least had George Lucas try to write something that would make sense. All of the scenes and little individual stories are so disjointed that the whole experience is pretty miserable overall. I did laugh at it quite a bit, but that was mostly because a lot of it was awkward and ridiculous. It's very embarrassing for everybody involved. It could actually be interesting seeing Chewbacca's family on the planet of Kashyyyk, but the everyday lives of them are not very interesting at all. We get to see Chewbacca's wife, Mala. We get to see her cook, which is accompanied by a pretty ridiculous cooking show host. Again, it's something that doesn't exactly feel like it belongs in Star Wars. I'm guessing with this whole thing, they were trying to more or less appeal to a younger audience because Star Wars was sci-fi. After all, that's kid stuff. Or at least that may have been the perception at the time. It doesn't change the fact that a lot of it just simply falls flat. I just said that this was probably meant to appeal to kids and was made for kids. There's one scene in particular that pretty much disproves my whole theory there. And if you've ever seen this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's Chewbacca's father watching a video of singer and actress Diane Carroll. That's oddly erotic. Yes, that is something that I don't need in Star Wars. I don't need a Wookiee getting off to a video. But yet we have that in the Star Wars Holiday Special. And he's watching this right in the living room. I guess uh, Wookiees do things a little differently and it's perfectly a-okay to get all fired up and aroused in the living room. You know, when your grandson and your daughter-in-law is there as well. I don't know, it's another scene that, again, it defies explanation of how and why it came about. I have no idea. I will say that it is good for laughs. There's nothing like you with seeing Chewbacca's family for the first time and seeing that Chewbacca's father, Lumpy, is a dirty old man. I'm sure that that was definitely in the spirit of what George Lucas had in mind when he created Star Wars. It, it just has to be. So I don't want to hate on this too much because it is almost entertaining. There's a lot of scenes in it that are throwaway, which is to be expected for a TV special that is essentially a variety show with scenes that don't make sense. I could talk about how actress B. Arthur, who is better known from the Golden Girls, and how she has a 
nice little musical number because she is the owner of the cantina that we see in Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. And how her clientele gets all upset and angry when she tells them that it's time to go. So she gives them one more drink, friend. I could also talk about the band Jefferson Starship making an appearance, which is very awkward and odd in its own right. But you know what? The song they play isn't too bad. The performance is okay. It's just strange and awkward and doesn't really have a place in the grand scheme of things. And hey, if you ever wanted to see Princess Leia, of course that's Carrie Fisher, if you ever wanted to see her sing, well, you get that here as well, in a very awkward, makes no sense, Life Day holiday celebration. So the big question here, is there any redeeming qualities of the Star Wars holiday special? Is there anything good about this one? There is some things that I enjoyed about it. For one, we get more footage of actors that we like in roles that we love. So we do get to see more of Harrison Ford as Han Solo, Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, even Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca. It's nice to see everybody here. Especially if you watch this after the sequel trilogy that Disney pumped out that I, along with a lot of other people, don't really care for. We never got those big reunions in Star Wars. It's not exactly a big reunion here, but we do get to see some of these characters in their younger years, and it's simply just nice to see. Another cool thing is that Stan Winston actually created Chewbacca's family. I like the fact that Stan Winston, one of the greats as far as creature creation, that this was one of his early projects. I think Chewbacca's family, they actually look good. The character of Lumpy, Chewbacca's father, he is somewhat scary looking, I guess. But he's an older Wookiee, so I guess that's what they look like when they get older. Either way, just in case you didn't know, Stan Winston has created a lot of fantastic things. One of the most notable and famous things that he was known for was Jurassic Park. The dinosaurs you see in Jurassic Park were his creations. He also did the effects for the Terminator, the Queen Alien from the James Cameron directed Aliens. Stan Winston also created the creature Pumpkinhead. I love practical effects and I think Stan Winston was probably one of the absolute best practical effects artists to ever live. It's really fun for somebody like me who admires the work that he has done in films that I love, see some of his early stuff. It just looks great here. The final good thing about the Star Wars Holiday Special is that this was the one thing that introduced us to the character of Boba Fett. Of course, it's in animated form, but this is the only thing to actually survive out of the Star Wars Holiday Special that is still more or less considered canon and the only thing that George Lucas, Lucasfilm, Disney will ever show from the Holiday Special. Now, does that actually make this animated segment good or even great? No, it doesn't really do a whole lot for me. I've seen it before outside of the Holiday Special. It's okay. I think it's kind of cool in its own right. The animation is a little strange. The one thing that really caught my ear that I really can't find any information about is the person that's the narrator for this cartoon, which is known as the story of the faithful Wookiee. The story is being told by a character known as Captain Kazan, and I'm really wondering if it was Rod Serling that provided this voiceover. 
it really does sound like him and if not it's a incredible voice impersonator that sounds like rod serling rod serling of course was the host and creator of the twilight zone I don't know if it would be him or not if he would do something like the Star Wars Holiday Special or this cartoon, but you know, it really, really does sound like him, and I would love to know and at least have a confirmation that it was or wasn't Rod Serling doing this. But anyway, the few things that are actually good about the Star Wars Holiday Special, they definitely do not outweigh the bad. In my eyes, this is a very interesting what if and sadly what could have become of Star Wars if this was a success. Thankfully it wasn't. George Lucas was able to continue the Star Wars series, but it's just a little awkward that this was the first official follow-up to Star Wars A New Hope. It's something that I think Star Wars fans definitely should check out, mostly because it's so hated, and rightfully so. George Lucas himself has gone on record in an interview saying that if he could smash every single copy of it, he would. He attempted to buy every single master that he could of this, and he was unsuccessful because I have a copy of it sitting right here in my apartment. Of course, it's a bootleg. No, I didn't download it or anything like that, but I have seen this a couple times in the past. I've tried to watch it and I could never get into it. I decided last night because I wanted to talk about it, I decided that's it. I'm going to watch this thing from start to finish no matter what. I wasn't exactly entertained. I don't hate it, but I can't see myself revisiting it anytime soon. Last thing on this, it doesn't really feel like a holiday thing at all. This is not a holiday special that I would view regularly. I actually like some holiday specials, such as like the ALF holiday special. I think that's a perfectly bittersweet production. This one here, not so much. I would have liked to have seen more festive things throughout. Maybe incorporate a little bit more of different uh, religions and holidays into this. It might have made it more interesting. But as it stands, as I said, I can't see myself revisiting this one anytime soon, if ever again. It's an interesting curiosity, but I think every Star Wars fan owes it to themselves to give it at least one viewing. For one, you may enjoy it, who knows. For another, it's an interesting what could have been, and thankfully this didn't damage the brand completely. This could have been completely disastrous, but thankfully it wasn't. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. If you don't do the whole social media thing and would like to reach out to me, you can do so at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend about it? Why not tell two friends? Or if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as continue to create new content. But with that being said, be kind and good night.